It's important that we pursue God with everything within us, everything. The songwriter was saying, this Jesus, wonderful, beautiful, kind and lovely, beyond compare, marvelous and holy. The idea this morning is to help you to capture this Jesus one more time. Capture him in the essence of who he is on an individual level. The things that are here on this earth that for seasons we focus on God and we're synced with him and then something comes and takes our attention and our focus from him. And, uh, and the Holy Spirit is always, like Hannah was praying this morning about fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit. And, and that is the key to this walk that we're having with God. Fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit. Allowing this relationship with God to impact you on every level. It, it's, a, it's impacting every situation, every moment, every day, every month. Every year, total commitment to God. Everything that you do, every breath that you take is with that realization that God allows you to take that breath. Nothing earthly can replace this relationship that we're supposed to have with God individually. And I'm mindful of this as we go to church because I've seen many pastors, many just Christians in general going to church and they're swept up with they get caught up in everything friendships become more important than Jesus relationships so many things are going to be presented but have you resolved in your heart that this lovely marvelous wonderful holy God is going to get your attention you know we are worshiping and we are a thousand people and the presence of God is moving mightily. But I can't wait to go back to my secret place. I'm not engulfed in all of what's happening in the church. And I, and I like to hang out with everybody. But when I go back home, I just want to be in a quiet place with this wonderful, marvelous God. That is what my motivation is. Not the fact that we'll preach a, less, uh, a message and a thousand people will come to the Lord, 10,000 in one sitting. And people got up out a wheelchair. And people were set free. And blind eyes were open. And you can get all caught up in that aspect of it. The disciples came back to Jesus saying that even the spirits were subject to us. And he told them not to focus on that, but be thankful that your name is written in the book of life. This perspective that no matter what happens here, every moment of every minute is supposed to be with that mindfulness of this relationship with you have, that you have with this God. And that is predominantly what we have been called to do, is to point people to Jesus. Somebody knock on your door and they had a check for a million dollars and you throw it to the ground and went back into prayer. You just bought your dream home. And all you want to do in the home is pray. We get lost so easily by this material world. 
we sell out the Lord for friendships, earthly relationships. And that's not going to happen to me as I go into ministry. I'm already made up my mind by the grace of God that those aspects of it, I'm just going to totally ignore it. I run back to my, my prayer closet because this Jesus, he captured the heart. This morning, we want to talk about how to have an effective and fruitful prayer life. An effective and fruitful prayer life. And that there captures where it begins. I could go right to the book of Kings. 1 Kings 17. And to begin to talk about the life of Elijah. And what a prayer life that man had. Huh. But we're not going to start there. Because that prayer life and that power and that precision that he had when he spoke came out of relationship. He had all the boxes checked in regards to his relationship with God. Therefore, the prayers that he was praying were actual prayers that were given to him by God. And all of the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. When you are in that place, all of the promises of God. Why are we praying prayers that are not being, that are not being answered? Predominantly, we're praying from the soul. We're not praying for our spirits. We're not designed to get to the spiritual place that the, the very prayers that we pray might be inspired by the spirit of God. That's when all the prayers of God are yes and amen. Yea and amen. 2 Corinthians 1.20. It says, Let's go to Isaiah 55 and verses 11. You know, every time the word of God is dispensed, the true word of God is dispensed, there is the opportunity for an individual to open up by faith and believe it and capture that revelation as a reality in your life. Every time. The fact that people come to church and don't get healed and delivered and set free, if they're really hearing the word of God, is actually their fault. It's actually our fault. Because it says here, Isaiah 55, verses 11. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. So when you speak prophetically, or when you're praying for things, if it's being spiritually inspired, then the, then the power of God will bring about that very thing. And as you study the book of Kings and look at the life of Elijah, you will see that the words that he spoke were amazing words con consisting of what God wanted to do, consistent with what the Lord wanted to do. And he would announce these things beforehand. And God would very much do it in a moment's time and bring it to pass. So shall my word be that word for out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. Oh my God, once I begin to read the scriptures on my own, once I begin to really spend time in the word of God, I, I got extremely excited. I go, whoa, 
I believe this thing. What, what could I do with this thing if I begin to cooperate with God? I could cause by the grace of God a hurricane to come on the earth. I could cause the power of God to come out of the cosmos and do damage on the, on the earth here. That's what my thought was. I go, my God Almighty, I've not been reading the word. I've been listening to too many preachers that never had any faith. And God finally got my attention. I'm saying, read my word. I got in the word and I got excited. Huh? And I go, my God, what will God do through my life? Huh? I go, what will God do now that this word has been revealed to me? And what will God do through your life? I point the focus on you. What will God do through your life? Know that this word is being revealed to you. Are you still going to be excited about your job? Are you still going to be excited about the material world and the temporary things huh, that are here? Let me tell you something. No man here this morning has an excuse. No excuse will. Because that God is so mighty and powerful, irregardless of your past, irregardless of what you've been through and what you've suffered, because we're talking about God, there is no limit to what He can do through you, irregardless of where you are now. If you will hear the words of God and open up by faith to believe in it, not what you, not what your mind is telling you. Everybody's mind is telling them something else, and they're believing it. We meet Christians with that, with those kind of perspectives. Not impressed at all. I'm trying to point them back to the word of God, to the promises of God. Because we know the Lord will do it again. We talk about what God is going to do through this ministry down here as we go into the church. It's done. It's done. This, this realm is just catching up to the, the realm of the spirit. And God has spoken it. That's why Elijah spoke like that. Because in the spirit realm, it was already accomplished. So as we talk about prayer this morning, we want to talk about relationship. Relationship. We want to talk about that love connection, that communion that we are supposed to have with the Lord. And from that place is where we pray. Exodus 3. Let's go to Exodus 3. And we spoke about this at the onset. When we just began to minister on Zoom, we started off by talking about the encounter. You know, when we go into the Bible and we see the examples of people that encounter God and then we, we saw what God did through their lives as an encouragement to us that if this encounter each and every person here has encountered God in some way shape or form right you have encountered him whether it be in a supernatural way or whether it be it's just his word that was spoken to you that was revealed to your heart that this truly is God that is supernatural. Jesus said the words that I speak, they're spirit and they're life. So they're not without a force behind them, a spiritual force. And the revelation behind those words really can bring is what brings us into faith. Exodus 3, I will read 1 to 4. It says, No Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law. This Moses that we read of, and we read of, and over and over, was a, a man like you and I. The, he said, Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the backside of the desert. He had a job. 
and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked. And behold, the bush burnt with fire, and the bush was not consumed. That is supernatural. You see that? So when we encounter God, it's something that is out of the ordinary, out of the natural world. And Moses, that was his day to see something like that, that was supernatural. Verses 3, and Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight. Why the bush is not burnt? Every other bush has been burnt up within moments. But this bush was not consumed. Verses 4, and when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see. You see, curiosity has to be there. Desire has to be there. Not only for salvation, because some people want to camp out that salvation. No, to go into the deep into the realms of relationship that God wants to take us. God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here am I, the encounter. God had went ahead before. And what you know what he did? He, had, he did an assessment in this man called Moses. Huh. And he realized that if he, had, if he gave him an encounter, it was going to totally change his life totally transforming his life and that this Moses was going to fall in love with him he did that this here what we see playing out God already knew what was going to happen but the Lord also knew that if he had chosen someone else he probably would have gotten a different response he would not, not, he would not have gotten someone who would have been willing like Moses was to go the full mile to go to that extent and the question with each and every one of us is how far will we go with the Lord? How far will we go? When God looks at the, you and the encounter that he has given you, looking for, forward to the months and the years, will you be around? Will you be walking with him through the prosecution, through the difficulties? Or there is a limit. If this happens, then I can't go no more. When God assesses his relationship with you, will you be able to free the people out of bondage by the grace of God like Moses was able to because he embraced the fullness of this relationship? And on an individual level, ask yourself that this morning. Your commitment to the Lord. Go now to... Deuteronomy 6. And we'll read from 4 to 5. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy might. We're talking about prayer this morning, just so you know. We are not off topic. We want to capture the essence of what prayer is, which is truly a love relationship with God. Huh. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy might. Oh, my King. Woo. Think about that for a moment. I want you guys to think about that. One day, we're going to by the grace of God, we're going to enter into heaven. 
oh my lord some of us are gonna lay on jesus's bosom you know for, he's gonna have to pry us off he's gonna say i got more people coming up that needs to hug because some of us not gonna want to let go all right that is it your whole reason for being on this planet my god let's sum it up the devil is fighting all of this right but is to have a real love relationship with the father through the lord jesus christ by the holy spirit my god what a beautiful thing for a moment let's not think about the one who, huh, the one who are praying in tongues we're gonna get to that but how about we, do, we deal with this relationship first this love relationship how about we fall in love with Jesus again? Lay at his feet. Like the disciples said, the disciples said, when everyone else walked away, where shall we go? For you are the author of life. If you don't lead us, there is nowhere for, for us to go. We want to capture the essence of this, this morning, of that fellowship, that love relationship that we're supposed to have with God. This here will maintain every other area in your life. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, might, and strength. And Jesus, in the book of Mark, Jesus, let's go to uh, Mark 12. Mark 12, 29 to 30. Jesus again said this, affirmed this in Mark 12, verses 29. And Jesus answered him, The first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. That is what we're asked to do. And if we don't have that love, if we don't capture the essence of this love relationship with God, the rest of it become mechanics. Our prayer life is just religion. We're not praying from our spirit or spirits. So this morning, take the time to assess how much you like to fellowship with the Holy Spirit. How much time are you spending with him? And do you love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength and might, everything within you? Is that where you are this morning? Analyze that. And many of the other things in your life will be taken care of. Obedience is the key and in, in heaven's lighthouse ministries truly i tell you what we want to capture here by the grace of god what is it that we want to capture in heaven's lighthouse ministry what is it we want to be our signature what is it that we want people to know us by that these people here truly love god that these people love the lord with everything because out of that love we will not do things that are offensive to god we will not be irreverent 
that's what we want to capture people that they love God and everybody know that they love God and that they're committed to the Lord and trying to distract them and offering them offer them temporary things is a waste of time it's a waste of time and you know quite frankly to be honest with you guys that's one of the things that the Lord has already showed myself and Kim in regards to going out in ministry how we are going to have influential people at times seekers of the anointing of God and the grace of God they don't care where they get it whether it's their own or someone else's that they're pirating they will be coming to heaven's lighthouse ministry to distract us from what God has called us to do and they will be offering us things that other people would run at and the Lord already showed us that and I believe one of the reasons why the Lord showed us is that we would know that it's not him and we would go and pray about each and every thing offered that comes down the line not that we would just say yes because we really never came into ministry for book deals or speaking engagements no the primary thing that we like to do is stay home and, and lay before the Lord and we have always ministered mainly through few to few like individuals we did a lot of street evangelism yeah whether we're in front of one a hundred or a thousand it's it's the same thing we were doing everything unto the lord out of this love that we have for god no personal ambition is here prayer is connected to obedience james 1 and verses 22. <clears throat> but be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Prayer is connected to obedience. Obedience is connected to love, fellowship, communion with God. God will allow you to move in all of those explosive things that you want to do in his name. But make sure the inspiration for why you want to do it is because of love for God. It's something that we have to be mindful of. Not only in the now. In the now. The devil is very tricky. You have to really understand that the devil has studied mankind over thousands of years. Thousands of years only way to win this game is to be led by the spirit to be living the spirit life we cannot compete with the devil with the intellect with the smarts he will devour us as i as the lord privilege us to come and we are able to sit in nice chairs and wear nice clothes and present the gospel and the word of God in a context like this that is so comfortable. Let me tell you something. I know right now that even though God allow us to do this, that the devil is outside huh, cutting people in two right now. The devil. You know, the world only recognizes the brutality when car accidents or someone does something violent. But the real violence is in the spirit. And it's ongoing. And I don't intend for a moment. 
I don't intend to fall asleep spiritually for one moment. You know, something I read about what's, how heaven it is in the, before the throne of God, about the angels with all of the eyes that are there. And I was thinking, why? And I'm thinking, God captures everything. He captures everything that happens around him. God knew that the devil was planning all of what he was before he formed the devil. And in a sense, in a sense, spiritually, we here that are in Christ, we are able to capture things if we are spiritually inclined. We're able to capture things if we're spiritually inclined, not with the intellect. But it's a knowing that you have when you're, when you're embedded in Christ. You know, 10 people could be in a, room, in a room and there's only one person there that truly knows what is actually happening spiritually. If, that, if that's the case, I want to be that one. I want to know what's happening from a spiritual perspective. We want this kind of acuteness. Even the people that we will anoint to be ministers in this ministry, we want this kind of acuteness to be in them. Very discerning. Just like how it is in heaven. Don't miss the spiritual cues that God is actually giving you because of the material world. Another thing I want to point out this morning, Romans 2 and verses 4. Romans 2 and verses 4. It says, Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. This here is uh, something that we need to understand because a lot of the times I see people receive from God, but they're not actually walking in obedience, but they receive from God and they take that to mean that they have right standing with God. But the Bible is saying that something else, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. The scripture said that the rain falls on the just and also on the unjust. There's a level of mercy and grace that we all receive when we're not deserving of it. That, it, that we might truly understand that it is the love of God being expressed to us and that we should repent. We should repent. The church of Jesus Christ is filled with fornicators. Let me put it blunt. The church of Jesus Christ. Huh? How, maybe I shouldn't put it that way because there's a church within the church. So let me repent before the Lord of that. But around the church, of the real church are uh, a bunch of people that has no reverence for God. Thieves, liars, constantly transgressing the word of God. And they get words from the Lord. And that, that is the, the, the thing that can sometimes be deceiving. Because you're hearing from God, don't mean everything is okay. The word of God will judge you anyway. The goodness of God is to lead you to repentance. If there's anything in your life that is not consistent with scripture, do the hard thing. No, I'm telling you, do it. And get yourself in alignment. Don't stay, ha, 
don't stay in sin. Don't, don't hold a position contrary to this book here. Don't hold a position and call yourself a child of God. Because this word will, will judge you and you will know at the end of the day that you're guilty. Yes, the scripture said, there is therefore no, no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. So when you're going through your season where you're going after the spirit life, but there is an area where you have not gained the victory as yet. Yeah, there is no condemnation to you. You're pursuing God. It's just that you're not, you have not garnered enough spiritual strength and might to overcome in that area. And God is working in you. So we understand that, that everyone is at a different stage. But there will be a day coming very soon where you should have overcome that thing and know you're walking in compliance with the word of God. This is very important if we're talking about prayer, that we deal with these things or else our prayers will be not, they will not be answered. They will not be effective. Let's go to Matthew 6. We are, listen, we have to be authentic and real with God. Absolutely authentic and real with God. I'm not faking it. I have conversations with Christians. And how they speak like this, I, it, it's shocking. It's absolutely shocking. I'm telling you, if it was under the Old Testament, sometime I would have hit them. No kidding. I'm dead serious. The perspective that they have, they wrap up the word with their own minds. And they present it to you. And they feel vindicated based on the understanding that they have. But it's so contrary to what Jesus has spoken in his word. Absolutely. And we hold these positions with conviction. We have no position once we come to the Lord. Your name is written in the book of life. And you're supposed to surrender your life to Jesus Christ and to his Lordship. And be led by his Holy Spirit. That's it. Done. Anything else, especially after a while, is what we call rebellion. Rebellion. We have a nice, a lot of nice looking people huh, that are rebels. They won't, they will not submit their lives to the leading of the Holy Spirit. They fight with God. Some people think that um, I am strong and I'm this, and I go, I tell Kim all the time, I'm so weak. Because they're the ones that are wrestling with God. So apparently they have some superhuman strength that I don't know. Because I'm in compliance, as, as far as I know. I'm in compliance with what God is asking, is asking me to do and with his word. I'm doing what God has asked me to do. So there's no strength there. There's pure weakness. But people will say that you project as if you're strong. They are strong because they're holding positions that are contrary to God's word. And then they're telling you that you're strong. My God, you see how tricky the devil is? God can't get people because he gave them free will to comply with what his Holy Spirit wants them to do. They're stuck at every level. Matthew 6. Something else that we must consider about prayer here. You know, I didn't have the time this week, a lot of time, because I was busy running around. 
And uh, yesterday, the Lord had told me to speak about prayer. And I did uh, Friday, sometime Friday evening, I began to pray and to seek the Lord and what to speak. And I pretty much had kind of a message huh, wrapped up when I came from the church yesterday. But something was like off. And it was like night now. And we went for a walk. And when I went on that walk I, and I came back, I told him that look, I got to go back in the prayer closet and lock away because the Lord, the Lord is, uh, told me that I have to do the whole thing again. I went back and this is what the Lord gave me. The whole thing was um, came by revelation. The scriptures begin to come in my mind. The whole concept of who I'm presenting this message, the Lord gave me by the Spirit yesterday evening. Matthew 6, verses 5. And when thou pray, prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. We, not, we must not pray for show. Yes, pray with authority, pray with conviction. I'm good at that. I'm, I'm in that. Some people think I'm like that too, but it's okay. I rather, I'm, I'm taking up my vengeance on the devil. Right, but at the at the inspiration of why I'm doing this or why we should be doing this should be genuine, not because we're trying to impress others. Verses six. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to the Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. And that's not to say that we don't pray openly, because we have to pray openly. But when you're praying openly, you're still praying to God because the focus is, is spiritual. It's to God. So even if you're even if you're praying very robust, it's still a spiritual connection you should have. Not one that is doing it because of the material world. Because people will say you're a prayer warrior. But when you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do. For they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. So these are kind of like inner things that we have to be mindful of when it comes on to prayer. That we really have the right inspiration for doing it. Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask him. We're dealing with all of the things that are surrounding prayers that are hindering effective prayers. That we, when we make, when we do decide to invest time into praying, that there will be an impact because of our prayer. That they, the prayers will be answered. That our prayers will be heard. The, the perspective of the heart that needs to be dealt with. James 5. And let's read 17 and 18. James 5, 17 and 18. Now we get into that dimension of the impact and the power that can be dispensed by God when people of God decide to pray. Now we get into this exciting part. It says, Elijah was a man subject to like passions as we are. And he prayed earnestly that it might not rain and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. 
And he prayed again, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. Elijah. You see, when you have those boxes that we have just gone over, checked at every end, and now you begin to pray, ha, prayers that are damaging to the kingdom of heaven. Damaging. When you begin to pray prayers, Lord, give us a million souls out of this city, out of this country. Give us one million souls. Set ablaze. That's when you truly begin to do business. Let's go a little bit into this character that we see mentioned in 1 Kings 17. A man by the name of Elijah. Who is this man? And why is it that he spoke things that caused the whole cosmos to obey by the grace of God? And can we get there in 2021? If we are checking off the boxes of obedience and commitment, we can get to those levels. The world will have to take note now. Ha! Because in Elijah's day, there was a great army of evil. The prophets of Baal were rampant against this one man of God, man of God. But this is all God need. A few people consecrated unto him. And consecration, like I said before, it's not what we've been seeing in the churches. Oh, my king. Help us. We are in battle and we don't have any helmet. We are, we are in battle and we don't have any understanding. The enemy is right at the door. And we are inside laying carelessly. You have to be astute and, and sharp spiritually. God is going to give us that ability, that sharpness, that acuteness in this ministry. Verses 1 of 1 Kings 17. And Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto him, As the Lord God of Israel liveth, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. God Almighty, one man turned off the top up there. One man spoke and turned. I didn't even know that there was a top that could switch off like you do with the faucet in your kitchen and stop rain from coming on the earth. And the Lord and the word of the Lord came unto him saying, God is confirming immediately. The word of the Lord came unto him saying, get thee hence and turn thee eastward and hide thyself by the brook Cherith that is before Jordan. And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook and I have commanded the ravens there to feed thee, my king and my God. Huh? What are we doing in 2021? I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. So he went and did according unto the word of the Lord. For he went and dwelt by the brook of Cherith, that is beyond Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning. My God, these ravens must have had some ovens in their homes. Where did they get this bread? Did they bake it? Where did they get this bread? Not dough, bread. Who mixed it up for them? And bread and flesh in the evening. And I bet you they didn't bring any raw flesh. My God, who knew where ravens can cook? God commanded the birds to cook. 
my king. And he drank up the brook. And it came to pass after a while that the brook dried up and, and because there had been no rain in the land. Huh. You know what that means? When the brook dried up, hello. That means your season end at that spot. Get going. Many of us are in the wrong city, the wrong country, the wrong town, the wrong job. It's drying up and you're still hanging on there. My God, the grace of God is no longer there. Here is a man called Elijah. Look what it said. And the word of the Lord came unto him saying, Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman to sustain thee, my king. Ha! Where are the people of God? 2021. The Elijahs, man and woman, where are they? Will they stand up in 2021 and make declarations like this? Because they're living a consecrated life to God and the power of God back them up. Hello. We have to bring something else. Would you guys agree with me? We have to bring something else into Heaven's Lighthouse Ministry, another system of operation that is closer to the Word of God. Or else we have nothing to say against the churches that we have been speaking against. Nothing. We can't accuse them if we go and do the same thing. The consecration has to be there. Huh? The commitment has to be there. We have to sell out. Elijah didn't go. He knew, okay, that this drought was coming. Where is the pails of water that he kept? Hello? Where is the supplies? Yet he drank water and he ate flesh by the provision of God. And we are trying to work out retirement. No, some of us don't, don't, I have nothing against retirement. But that is, those things are keeping us from selling out to God. You see what a true man of God is? The word of the Lord came to Elijah and told him where the next supply is. I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. Hello. Who ready to pray like that at Heaven's Lighthouse Ministry? Hello. Hello and good morning, people of Canada and Toronto and London. Good morning to you all. We have a work to do. The honesty, the integrity that is necessary for us to pray these powerful prayers and see God answer these prayers. Amen. Ah. Let's go now to 17 of the same scripture. 1 Kings 17 and verses 17. So we know if, and I would encourage you guys to go and read all uh, of these, these scriptures associated with Elijah's ministry. Take your time and go through. Huh. And it, uh, we understand that Elijah met this woman and really as he spoke the word of the Lord, the woman came into agreement with what he was saying, understanding that it was from God and that she supplied him with all of his needs. And her needs were supplied in a supernatural way. And you can read that account in uh, 1 Kings 17. But let's go to verses 17. And it came to pass after these things that the son of the woman 
the same woman that sustained Elijah. The mistress of the house fell sick, and his sickness was so sore that there was no bread left in him. Look at this now, because some of us are asking for trouble. When we begin to tell people of what God will do, and then somebody drop dead. Verses 18, and, the, and she said unto Elijah, what have I to do with thee? O thou man of God, art thou come, come unto me to call my sin to, re, sin to remembrance and to slay my son? The woman is blaming Elijah for the death of her son. All because she gave him a little bit of meal. But I tell you, what we began to discuss in the, in the, when we started a few minutes ago, those boxes were checked. Elijah was a man of commitment to God. So therefore his prayers were heard when he spoke and they went up to heaven. And he said unto her, give me thy son. And he took him out of her bosom and carried him up into a loft where he abode and laid him upon his own bed. And he cried unto the Lord and said, O Lord my God, hast thou also brought evil upon the, the widow with whom I sojourn by slaying her son? And he stretched himself upon the child three times and cried unto the Lord and said, O Lord my God, I pray thee, let this child's soul come into him again. And the Lord heard the voice of Elijah, and the soul of the child came on into him again and he revived amen look at that the power of prayers when we are in alignment with the word of god when we are being led by the spirit of god the power of prayer that is what we want to be known if we have a group of people that walk in meticulous reverence and obedience meticulous to the detail we'll get these kind of results when someone we hear that someone died and god said go now and raise that person from the dead they died they died before their time the devil took their soul out of their body go now and command the soul in my name to come back into the body that they might live out the ministry and have a testimony to save the lost. Dangerous prayers. We want to be answered in the ministry. Which is like why we're putting such a demand on the people that are here to come up to the level of God, the level that Elijah had, a consecrated life, which is not preaching North America. Hello? A consecrated holy life, which is not preached in North America looseness in the church that level does not command the results that elijah got it doesn't let's go now first kings 18 41 and we'll wrap it up no elijah I'd turn off the top of heaven. Somehow, he found the, the top and he spin it like that and shut the heavens and no rain was on the land. And that man, because he turned it off, he knew where the, he knew where the top was. 
And Elijah said unto Ahab, Get thee up, eat and drink, for there is a sound of abundance of rain. Hello. When do you believe that it's going to rain? When, when do you believe that the situation in your life is going to change? When it changes, uh-oh, bad news for you. Bad news for you. Because up to this time, there was no rain. And yet still, in the spirit, in the spirit, Elijah said that there is a sound of abundance of rain. Don't wait on the natural world, the inferior realm, to communicate with you like the children that are out there. Spiritual people I'm talking to this morning. The sound of the abundance of rain. Elijah heard it. Can you hear the abundance of miracles that God wants to do in this ministry now? Can you hear it in the spirit? Can you sense what God wants to do through our lives? Before, like Elijah did. So Ahab went up to eat and to drink. My God Almighty. You see that? The king, Ahab. He knew he was dealing with a man of God. He never had no faith and reverence for God. Huh. But the man of God had spoken. He knew that Elijah was a man of God. And what he spoke, it come to pass. So Ahab went up to eat and to drink. And Elijah went up to the top of Carmel. And he cast himself down upon the earth. And put his face between his knees. And said to his servants, Go up now, look towards the sea. See that? Nothing was evident as yet. He hadn't even prayed, but he had heard rain. And he went up and looked and said, there is nothing. And he said, go again seven times. Insist in your prayers. Insist. I say a line. Firstly. And then insist. If it's the will of God, insist keep going back and it came to pass at the seventh time that he said behold there ariseth a little cloud out of the sea like a man's hand oh my god a little cloud like a man's hand and rain is going to be falling abundantly only spiritual people like elijah can know this and he said Go up and say unto Ahab, Prepare thy chariot and get thee down, that the rain stop thee not. And it came to pass in the meanwhile that the heaven was black with cloud and wind. While the word was going, the cloud was forming in darkness and heaviness, filled with water. And there was a great rain, and Ahab rode and went to Jezreel. Oh my God Almighty. I love 1 Kings 17, 18 and verses 46. It's one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible. My King and my God, it really excites me. Hello. It excites me. Hey, look what happened here. And the hand of the Lord was on Elijah. And he girded up his loin and ran before Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. Somebody prayed to me this morning that God would give me the vision. Okay. I want to see Elijah, run before the chariot at, at, of Ahab. I want to see in a vision somebody who can pray to God. Tell him to capture the essence of that and bring it back to, 
Pastor Andrade. Please do that for me. I want to see Elijah running in front of these horses. My God. That thing stirred me up because this is how I see the ministry moving. <laughs> Fast, furious souls. We don't have enough hands to baptize the people out there. We don't have enough hands. Yes, hands, you're going to have to baptize the people. We don't have enough hands to baptize the people, to lay them in the water. They're coming by the thousands. Who is believing for that? If Elijah can believe God to raise that woman, can we believe God for a hundred million souls? Can we believe God? It's, we are in numbers and we are growing. My King and my God. I hope I invoke this morning desire by the grace of God inside of you that you begin to believe God for this level of the supernatural power of God and that truly you know go know go and live a life of prayer that church down there hello I'm laying on the altar every day Every day, I just leave the house and go down there. I'm praying and laying hands on the chair. And asking God for the harvest. And asking God for the right people to come. The ones that want to sit at the feet of Jesus and learn. And submit <clears throat> to authority. And we will get the prayers answered. Just like in Elijah's case. The supernatural will come. But walk in, live a life of total consecration. Total consecration. Ha! That there is the message that I have this morning. Ha! Thank you, Jesus. So now let me pray. <clears throat>